one sleep store. And Steve Robertson joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Bundle your car and home and save with your Farm Bureau Insurance agent. Hop on favorites.com to get a quote. Four minutes or less. Want to say good morning. Welcome in. This is 105.9 The Zone ESPN. And we're streaming live on thezone1059.com. And you can watch the show right now on YouTube. Search Out of Bounds Sports. Steve Robertson, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing well. The Boneyard Podcast, jeanspage.com. Let's start with the, uh, before I go to football, real quick, baseball, uh, tell our listeners about the Purdue pitcher transfer that Nate Dome and some of the other Mississippi State staff knew and ended up landing this week. Yeah, it's a rather interesting story. As a matter of fact, that his name is Cal Steven. It's it's spelled K-H-A-L, but it's pronounced Cal. And uh, he's got two brothers that also have uh, K-H to begin their names. And uh, dad, dad is a baseball fan and uh, has a big farm up there in Indiana. And ironically, uh, Cal played last summer for Ron Polk, and uh, along with Bryce Chance and I uh, come to find out there were several guys on the staff, obviously, that are from Indiana. You know, Justin Parker's an Indiana guy, and Lamont, of course, coached Indiana. And, and so the connections worked well for State this time around. And now, is Kyle Stephen the bona fide Friday night guy? I don't, I don't know that we go that far. You know, he was the Friday night guy at Purdue, but it's a different level here in the Southeastern Conference. But, uh, you know, he was a guy that you know, had some good outings last year, had a couple that kind of stand out. You know, he had the Indiana game and the Ole Miss game where he just didn't have it, an Indiana game. Uh, was played in a uh, 25 to 35 mile per hour went out to left. The final score of that game was 26 to 11. Uh, so everybody's ERA ballooned up a little bit. But he's a guy with a three and four pitch mix. He's a six four, 225 pound right hander. Uh, guy that played Team Indiana baseball with Nate Dome there, and so a lot of connections. You know, and that, that as you know, Bo, especially the short time that you had to build these relationships. It's helpful to have some relationships already intact. And State had a bunch of them. And so you get him and you add you know, Carson Ligon. That's two Power Five Friday night guys that have not been added to the staff. And um, you know, if one of those guys wins that Friday night job, then great. You know, But uh, you've got some options now. You, of course, Bradley Lofton's a guy that we still expect some really big things from. And, of course, uh, Gerangelo Sanchi. I mean, you know, so now you've got you know four. And, and I wouldn't count Nate Dolmott either, even though I think maybe his role was uh, – better use on the back end, especially with Aaron Nixon uh, electing to sign a free agent deal. But uh, yeah, the reality of it is, is that, uh, you know, State's gone out and helped themselves. Did they get Luke Holman? No, they didn't. And I think in some respects, Luke Holman's a bona fide Friday night guy with SEC experience. But I think in some ways, because he was kind of the top guy, you know, I think sometimes people tend to think, oh, well, this is the next Paul Skeens. He absolutely is it, and it's not fair to expect that of him. But uh, you certainly would have liked to have gotten him instead of having to play against him. All right, Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. So they did land uh, some what looks like pretty good players. They did miss out on Holman, but you're right on the Miami and Purdue guy. These guys are, are, are pretty proven. Uh, all right, what about – here's what I keep hearing um, from from baseball guys is that – 
Holcomb could be a guy that that could compete for the weekend and that he's got pro stuff, MLB stuff, and he may be as talented as anybody else on the roster. What do you think? Well, I think that's always a possibility. And and he's a guy that came here highly heralded. I mean, he was a guy that was one of the top junior college pitchers in the country and uh, had to turn down some money to come to college. And, you know, for one reason or another, he and Scott Foxhall, just, it just didn't work. You know, I mean, what he was asking him to do, uh, which is not something he was comfortable. And uh, I think things are going to be a lot different this year with him. But as far as, you know, a, a raw talent standpoint, Colby Holcomb is one of the more talented guys on the roster. And it's a good point that you've mentioned a guy like him because we're not having to restock the entire roster. I know you look at those numbers last year, and I think people forget, you know, we used 17 pitchers last year, and 13 of them were first-year Bulldogs. Many of those guys true freshmen. So whoever the new pitching coach is going to be, was going to see some improvement because you've got a year of experience under your belt. But now Justin Parker's kind of got to fine-tune what you have. And when I spoke to him here a couple of weeks ago, he was really excited about, you know, what he had seen so far and felt like, hey, just a, you know, a tweak here and a tweak there. You know, there's some guys doing some things mechanically that kind of fighting against themselves that you can, you know, kind of streamline that delivery a little bit and have them use the slope of the mound to kind of get downhill. And so I'm eager to see how things look this fall, but uh, it's not just about who you bring in. It's about who you coach up, and that's really where State is right now. Okay, Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds Show. Let's move to football. What's the glaring weakness on the team? Is it the secondary, or is it somewhere else? Well, you know, there's a couple things I'm looking at. Okay, number one, offensive line-wise, you've got some talent there, but how quickly can they get up to speed with all the motion and the shifts and things like that? I mean, how many pre-snap penalties are you going to have? You know, where, you know, in the air raid, you ran the football some, but by and large, you're kind of getting back in your pass set. So I think that's kind of a work in progress, and that's something we'll watch this fall. But, you know, I think safety is the big issue. I mean, it's like you look at this and you feel like, hey, you've got the talent at corner. Uh, you think the Cameron Richardson's going to be the next guy? Will he be Emmanuel Forbes? No, he won't. But is he an NFL guy? We certainly think so. And you got to settle that spot opposite him. But you've got, you know, you got, you know, a handful of guys have transferred in here. You know, you got, you know, uh, Kamari Rogers transfers in from Miami and Radar Jones in from LSU. And 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 while they haven't played a ton, they are, you know, Power Five signees. And so you feel good about that. Not to mention the young guys that you brought in, that they're excited about it. Darcel McBath, if there's anybody on this staff that's earned, uh, you know, some currency, it's probably him. You know, back-to-back years, he's putting guys in the pros that, uh, you know, that I don't know that a lot of people expected to uh, to have the college careers they did. I mean, you know, we knew Emmanuel Forbes was really good. Did we think he was a top 15 pick four years ago? No, we didn't. Uh, and, that, and that's a credit to him and to his coaches. But, uh, you know, I think, the safety thing is what you got to settle. And uh, you hit the portal hard and brought some guys in. Uh, it didn't shake itself out in the spring. It's got two here in the fall. And I think that's one of the reasons you move Marcus Banks uh, to Bulldog safety. Number one, you got to get him on the field and get him more reps. But also, too, I think that, that eliminates one position battle when you've got a guy that's got uh, corner coverage ability, but a guy that's got the foot speed to cover the middle of the field. I, you know, I think that's a really good move. And you know, Sean Preston's a guy that's a veteran and will certainly be in the two deep rotation, but they've, they've got to figure out who their frontline safeties are, probably the biggest uh, area of concern heading into practice on Friday. Uh, what about, uh, let's go back to Radar Jones. Um, highly sought after out of high school, signs with LSU. And, I mean, was there any buzz about him? 
in the spring. Uh, you know, what the expectations were, a lot of people thought he should have been ranked in the top five. I think he ended up at about 16, 14 or 16 on the 247 site, and that was kind of a head-scratcher uh, for some people. It didn't work out at LSU. Do you think this guy is a legit Power 5 SEC player, or it's a wait-and-see, Steve? Well, he's a legit Power 5 SEC athlete. Is he in a Power 5 SEC corner? That remains to be seen, and he did not participate in the spring. You know, okay. He had to come through some things, and so, so you know, ex- expectations around him should be measured. He didn't play last year. And he didn't go through spring, so he's going to be rusty. Now, can he make a contribution this year? Absolutely, he can. But you know, to expect him to be, uh, you know, uh, starting at, at left corner, probably probably not expecting anything like that. I think there's some, some guys that are ahead of him. And to be fair to him, to expect him to come right in and be a plug-and-play guy after not playing in a real game for you know, a couple of years, I mean, you're asking an awful lot. But, uh, but he, you know, he's, he's a great athlete. And, and as you mentioned, I mean, he was a guy that, you know, helped lead Horn Lake to a state championship. He and Nakobe, uh, right? Absolutely. And a uh, phenomenal athlete. And then that part of the issue too is, you know, that's the thing when you rank these guys and you rate them is, you know, how are they going to embrace the position change? You know, there's a lot of that too. that. A lot of quarterbacks play safety in high school, but, you know, he was being asked to play corner. And so it'll be interesting. You know, he had some academic issues down there and I understand that's all behind him now. And so he's got a fresh start here at Mississippi state. But uh, again, I think expectations around him should be measured. Uh, what class helped me out? Because I don't know about the red shirt and all that. What? Where is he classified, Radar Jones, right now, Steve? Do you know? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think he's got two years left. I think. Okay. Um, but I'd have to go back and double check that. But okay. yeah, he's he's not a guy that's. Um, yeah, he was on that Nicobe Dean team. But you know, I think part of what? it's going to be. I had a coach that year tell me that if it wasn't for that, he was blown away with how good Ray, they played them in the playoffs. And he couldn't believe how good he was. But that N'Kobe was so good and so highly sought after because Kirby Smart and he'd been committed to all that. And he was just shaking his head and he was like, that's that's the guy. Now, also, Steve, could he be a safety? Or are you just slotting him? Tell me what you think his future is. Just corner or could he play another position? Yeah, he. I mean, he's got the foot speed to play safety. I mean, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's one of those guys that uh, – it's kind of gotten by on athleticism, you know, and, okay. and uh, you know, he, he's projected to be, he's listed as a red shirt senior, but I, I think there may be because of the fact that uh, he was a member of the team last year. I'm looking at his stuff right now. He, he, in 19, he played in four games. And uh, so we retained the red shirt year and in 2020 played in three games. So that's the first year of eligibility. And then that year didn't count. Right. You know, Cause that's the thing about this COVID stuff. You got to go back and look at all that. So, through two seasons, he had not exhausted one year of his eligibility because of the COVID rules. So 2021, he plays in nine games. So that year counts against him. He didn't play last year, even though he was a member of the team, but he'd already utilized the red shirt. So while he is a red shirt senior in the classroom, he technically has two years of eligibility remaining should he and Mississippi State elect to use it. Okay. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show. Fall camp starts this week. They report tomorrow? They report tomorrow, and we get on the practice field Friday morning, and I want to thank Zach Arnett for these uh, early morning practices. Not only does it get us out of the heat, it gives us a chance to get up content a lot quicker. And uh, Yeah. I, I, I like it. I, I, your fans will be able to – we'll get in practice. We'll have the, the media opportunity. We'll be able to get that stuff up more times than not early in the afternoon, and people have a chance to enjoy it and be ready to go the next day. But uh, I like these practices. I think it's smart. I think you probably will keep guys fresher longer as you get into camp. 
Um, and so I'm eager to see what Arnett's going to do with this thing. You know, we you know, had some conversations with him recently, and he's he's raring to go. Uh, and I think one, probably the thing I, that most people probably maybe you expect but maybe hadn't thought about uh, is he shared that, you know, Matt Brock and Kevin Barbet have full autonomy. And uh, I asked him, I said, how difficult is it going to be, you know, to kind of turn it over to Matt? And he goes, not at all. He said, there won't be any any issue at all. And he said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite after the freedom that Mike Leach gave me when I came here. He said, it worked out for us, and so I'm going to treat my assistant coaches the same way. If he can do that, and that's hard to do for any of us, Steve, you know, to delegate at that level. Um, but if he can do that, um, that could really bode well for, you know, how this thing how this thing plays out because he's got so much to do and, and so much on him. So uh, that something to keep an eye on Steve Robertson on the out of bounds show, Steve with the um, wide receivers, Mississippi state has been lean at that position for the most part for a long time. And I've been, everybody always talks about my negativity, but I've been beating the, the drum on this receiving unit. And I think it's really, really good. I'm not comparing it to George LSU. Bama. I can't worry about that for, for, for power five football. There's a lot of talented dudes between Tulu, Xavion Thomas, Justin Robinson, Wally, and and Mosley. You say if 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 you know he's healthy that that he could be he could make an impact. Um. So so with that that that's like and Will Rogers just told us Monday, Steve, that this is the most talented receiving unit he's had. Um. And I think if Justin Robinson's mind's right, then that could really kind of take him over the top. But do you really believe that, like, with all the guys I just named, because it's a deep group, very athletic with Xavion and Tulu, do you think Creed Whitmore can get on the field this year? Or is that a little, the, the kid out of Gainesville who a lot of people like? Or is that a little too much to ask with all the guys I just named? I, th- I think he's going to play. Okay. And, uh, I think he's a two-deeper, obviously. Uh, but I think, you know, yeah, he, he's the guy that's going to play this year because I think he can help us. But also, too, you know, he had the benefit of spring. He comes from a a high school coaching family, so his football IQ is well advanced. Uh, this is a young guy that's going to be able to help Mississippi State in the years to come. And, you know, you're not going to have a lot of four and five wide sets this year, but he'll be in the rotation and he'll get some play. And, and the thing, you know, you mentioned Jordan Mosley. I had a Bulldog assistant coach tell me, you know, a few days ago that, that's the guy nobody's talking about that people are going to be like, where'd this guy come from? You know, cause he's banged up a lot last year. And uh, they say he is an incredible worker and he's a guy that's, you know, ready to get out there and show what he can do. But you know, the thing that I think is interesting and, and I give, you know, talked to JJ uh, Harrell last week and he made this comment. I don't think there's anybody that's going to be able to guard to the Griffin man to man. And that's what this scheme is going to lend itself to. Whereas, you know, I, you, we, we talked about Kirby Smart a couple of years ago saying every time Will Rogers saw man coverage, he burned Georgia. And we should have won the football game, right? I mean, he said every time that he saw that, you know, back in 2020, that Will Rogers exploited him. Well, you're going to see a lot of man coverage this year. And that's why I think a lot of this is going to make Will's job that much easier. I think the decision-making process will be a lot quicker for him. But uh, when you got Justin Robinson out there, that guy's a freak of an athlete with an unbelievable catch radius. You get that guy in man-to-man coverage – you deliver a good football, he's going to catch it, you know. And so when you begin to think about, yeah, this is a very talented wide receiver group that is going to see a lot more man coverage this year than they've seen historically. So it'll be interesting to see how Will Rogers can exploit that. Okay, Percy Lewis, he was the number one JUCO offensive lineman two years ago. Is he ready to start, contribute, 
and and be a guy for Wilfred? Yeah, I think so. And and I, even talking to Mason Miller last year, you know, he said, you know, that, that was kind of the, the you know the concern is like, you know, what do we do we play him now and do we redshirt him? And, you know, he was a guy that could help and and uh, you know that it was really about kind of getting him up to speed. I mean, he's the guy people forget he was a defensive lineman. Uh, much of his high school career and kind of learned to play offensive line in junior college and give his uh, JUCO coaches a lot of credit for turning him into what he's been. But, uh, yeah, he's got to be uh, ultra productive for Mississippi State this year, and and, and, I, and I suspect he will be. And I'm, I'm eager to see what he looks like. I haven't seen him since the spring, but uh, he had trimmed up a lot. He looked like, you know, he's a massive human being, but he looked to be in better shape. So I'm eager to see what he does this fall. But, uh, yeah, he's a guy that not only – the state need him to take a step. He needs to. You know, he's a guy that we believe has pro potential, but he's got to show it on the field. Back to Arnett. You know, it'll be interesting to see how hard that. You know, it's that fine line. He's he's a first year head coach, and you know how hard they go. How much do you say? I mean, I think every coach, even the the veterans, Brian Kelly and Nick Saban's, debate that. You know, every fall. Um, aren't you interested in that, Steve? You know, how hard do you go in camp compare? I mean, you don't want, you don't want a Joe Moorhead camp, but maybe not some of two or three of Dan's toughest. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fine line. How do you see it as far as well, what? Yeah, I think, I think you ramp up in shells and by the time you put the pads on, you get after it pretty good. Then you start tapering down as you get closer to closer to season opener. But yeah, I mean, you, you don't want to go out there and just, you know, uh, you know, play tiddlywinks and call it football practice, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, see, and Zach Arnett's a blue collar type guy. So we'll have some ones versus one stuff, but they're going to be smart. I mean, they're going to be out there just beating each other up, but, uh, you know, but you got to tackle. And that's one of the things that we see in college football these days. I and mean, people talk about, man, I've never remember caught tackling being so bad in college football. Well, that's because you know, they don't practice it the way they used to, right. you know, there's a, there's a lot of that nowadays because of the fact that, uh, you know, rosters that the talent level has been more dispersed than it has perhaps in in decades, and so you know, you have a guy go down, you know, it's uh, could be the end of a season for you. You know, so some people are careful in practice, and, and it a lot of times it takes a couple of weeks for guys to to kind of get back into the shine of things. But uh, but yeah, we'll we'll see how things go. But that's not something that's germane to Mississippi State. I mean, you'll, there'll be a bunch of missed tackles the first week of college football all around the country. Who are you expecting the most from? All three could have a good year, by the way. But I'm going to throw out three names. Um, J.P. Purvis, who I didn't think played enough last year. Travion Williams or John Lewis? I'm going to Travion Williams. I think this is his breakout year. And uh, when you see him physically, I mean, you saw him as a freshman, right? And then you look people like, this guy doesn't look like a high school player. But the reality of it is, this is a guy that, you know, now that David Turner is here, you know, and uh, nothing against anybody else. You know, they did a good job getting Trevion here. David Turner will get the most out of Trevion Williams. And uh, it, David has credibility in that room. Uh, David's a no-nonsense type coach, but he does so in a relatable way that people don't feel like they've been verbally assaulted. You know, he'll get in somebody's hindquarters, but it, he does it in a way that helps them rather than demeans them. And so and there's a reason that guy uh, has – you know, some of the most impressive defensive linemen in the National Football League today. I mean, that's not by accident. And, you know, he's done it under different coaching staffs all around the country. But um, David Turner's greatest level of success has been right here in Starkville, Mississippi. And I spoke with him recently. He's really excited about his group. But, uh, you know, he's the guy, too, that 
you know, he'll tell you the truth. I mean, he said, this guy needs to step up. This guy needs to step up. But uh, yeah, he, like he a Nathan up. Pickering needs that. That's that's the kind of guy I think, Steve, that David Turner could could maybe even if it's just a slight tick up. You know, you do that across the board, then you got even if he makes Crumity a little bit better. Uh, obviously, Crumity's a dude, but but Pickering and like you're talking about Travion, who they believe has NFL talent potential. You start going across the line of scrimmage. That's what Turner brings to the table, right? Absolutely, and picks a guy with NFL potential. You know, it's just okay. You know, he's had some challenges since he's been here, but you know, you go back and you look. He's shown some flashes too, and you're like, man, you know, this is the guy we we recruited and expected to be, you know, a dominant force, and and he hadn't been dominant. He's been productive at times, but yeah. I think David Turner going up is a good thing to pick. I, I really do I, because David is a guy too that. Guys relate to him because he doesn't—he just doesn't get on them in a way that makes them go in a shell, you know. And and yeah, I think remember, remember Josh Boyd was here. I mean, you know, Josh Boyd was real quiet guy and everything else, and all of a sudden, you know, he gets under the tutelage of David Turner, and you know, he becomes a monster and goes to the National Football League. I sure. mean, you know, it's just—it's—it's it's insane. But yeah, I think you're right. I think I think Turner will get more out of pick, and a lot of that's up to pick. But uh, right, but the, it's you know, like Justin has, Robinson, right? I, I mean, Bump can do. Can help, I mean, but it's up to. I mean, Justin's got all the tools to play on Sundays next year. It's a matter if he wants to to flip the switch. Real quick, Steve, um, we've had some Ole Miss guys on talking about Sundarine Perkins and Aiden Williams, and they're both phenomenal, talented players. Um, and you know how they could impact this year. Isaac Smith, big time recruit, top three guy in the state. What are your expectations in his true freshman year? Well, you know, I think he's going to be a dude. I mean, I, I think there – I won't be the least bit surprised when you get into, uh, you know, three or four games into the, into the schedule if he's not the starter. You know, he is there, – there's just a different quality about him. I mean, like some of the same things that we heard about Charles Cross, right? Talking to players, you're like, you know, that guy's just a little bit different. You get the same thing with Isaac Smith. I wish he'd had the benefit of, you know, going through the spring. But uh, there's a lot of people that will say, ah, he's, he's just different. There's a special quality about him. And if you've ever watched his high school film, this is a guy that hits with bad intentions. And you got you got to have that in the SEC. I mean, this, this is not, you know, two-hand touch football. you got to be a physical brand of athlete, and Isaac Smith certainly is. And that could answer a lot of problems for State. But, of course, you think, hey, you got a freshman out there. But the good thing is he's an intelligent guy. He's not just a guy running around kind of see ball, hit ball type mentality. He understands There's the, the offense is trying to trick him. But, yeah, if he could win this job in fall camp and hang on to it, I mean, there's going to be some growing pains along the way, but it could be a very significant thing for Mississippi State because Isaac Smith's a guy that's probably a three-year college player and then goes pro. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, they report on Thursday and hit the field on Friday in start. We'll report today at Ole Miss and hit the field tomorrow. So there you go. There's three big ones in uh, Isaac Smith, Suntareen Perkins, and Aiden Williams. We'll see what shakes out for those and others as true freshmen. Steve, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Jeanspage.com, 247 Sports, the Boneyard Podcast. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We'll have the uh, veteran linebacker, Jet Johnson, on the show at 930. He'll join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Good morning. Welcome in. Lunch today brought to you by Bulldog Burger in Ridgeland, Startville, and Tupelo. Delicious burgers at Bulldog Burger. <laughs>